You determine okay. how much masturbating you do. You're ready to be premature wow, all impressive. over again. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Quick, quick, quick reset. Yeah. Quick reset. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Like in gen balls. It's just going to be a vicious cycle. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn, you're killing me. The joke's wow. on you. It's actually addictive. There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The fuck you get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap <laughs> this present so, uh, and let the I... debate begin. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of A Spirit of Debate. We are here for another one. This is the fifth episode of season two, and this one is probably going to be a good one. So everybody get ready. But before we begin, as always, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Haas is over here stretching. I don't know what the fuck. Oh shit, my dogs. <laughs> good. Dogs just yeah. shit on me. All right. Be back. Yes. Grinch, you didn't want to blow your load. Already no? did. Oh, Already okay. Did. Right. Yeah, you didn't hear it? <laughs> no, I missed it. It's quiet these days. It's quiet. I, I don't know how you missed that. <laughs> That's old age. Yeah. Quite the load blowing. <laughs> huh? <laughs> uh, all right. I fucking hear that, bro. So, just sitting outside going, what are you doing in there? Yeah. And it looks like you have like a racing stripe, like gray. I do. Right? I okay. do. It's right uh-huh. there. It's right yeah. there. Okay. Just rub a carrot Some on sleep it. performance <laughs> going on. Um, yeah. We are back for episode five. Uh, interested to see how this one plays out. We actually have a guest on the show. So a few weeks ago, we had a guest in Jason Hawk where we talked about Afghanistan. So this week, we have a new guest. This guest Out. actually, how? Out. What did Hawk. I say? Hawk. It oh. happens to him all the time. You're not the I first. will edit that, Jason. I'll <laughs> edit that. Don't worry. Um, this is actually the, the guest that we have on is, interestingly enough, somebody that I've actually known longer than the three of you, as scary as that is. And so I, I am pleased to present him. My brother is joining us today. Glad he's here. Loki decided to drop in. Um, I, I don't know what you want to do. with you care if we go by your name? Oh, I'm not worried about it. One okay, way so, so we invited Fuckface in. And I've known him my entire oh, life. Yeah, it's one of those. As long as I know you're talking about me or to me. <laughs> I, was, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Shouldn't his nickname technically be G.I. Joe? I mean, he was yeah, in the Marines. Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the sentiment is the same. Sure, sure. Tell that to a Marine. <laughs> Just like, where's, where's the hang up? Oddly <laughs> enough, it was the guy who was in the Army who spoke up, profit, you know, uh, protesting. Defending not the guy who was in the Marine Corps. That's right. I worked with a lot of Marines. I, I know they're proud of he being He knows Marine the Corps. distinction, right? Um, so, <laughs> yes. Y'all know it. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> Who gives a shit, right? Uh, so my brother is joining us today. He actually mentioned the topic of today's conversation a while ago, and we've been trying to work it in and trying to work it in. And, and obviously, once you know the topic, you'll know that it's it's been peppered through a number of our shows. And we thought it would be a good time to bring him on and discuss this particular topic since he brought it to the table. So, Joe, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's great to see you. It's been a while. Welcome. It's been too long. Thank you. Yes. Um, but first, we're going to jump into Way, way, our... way too long. Yeah, for you guys, it's been over 20 years. So I've seen him a little more recently. A little more recently. But... Aging like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> Vinegar at this point. <laughs> yeah. You look like 
Joe the Silver Fox. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let's go ahead and and move this train along. So we're going to jump into drinks. Uh, Joe, since you joined us and you're the guest, I'm going to let you go first. What drink did you bring today? All right, I I brought uh, I brought what I call an Uncle Clive. It's actually I made a mistake when I was telling you about this before. It wasn't a Rhett Butler. It was a Scarlett O'Hara, and I'm not fucking calling it that. No. Uh, <laughs> so, Uncle Clive, in uh, honor of Uncle Clive, who used to drink Southern Comfort and cranberry juice, or Southern Comfort at least, all the time. Uh, and I don't know what his relation was, whether he was granddad's uncle or grandma's uncle or something like that. He would be our, our dad's dad's uncle. Okay. So uh, is that right? Our dad's dad's uncle. Yes. Yeah. Granddad's uncle. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So, and I was introduced to, to the drink. As a wee lad. Yeah. <laughs> a little person, like in the under 14 teams, soccer practice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah soccer Cause we used to go there. Go after practice. Stay there behind the, uh, the school, uh, Stonewall Jackson junior high school. A patriot. I believe Stonewall Jackson would be considered a patriot, (laughs) wouldn't you say? No, sorry. It depends on who you talk to. (laughs) That is true. Um, Go over there and he uh, and Aunt Edna, his wife, used to give cranberry juice. So I'd sit there waiting for mom to show up and get a glass of cranberry juice. And I sat down and he's watching TV and he's an old, old guy at this point. He had to be in his 80s. In his 50s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, and he always had a bottle of Southern comfort and he said, you know, he just kind of calls me and I, and he, and he hand me your drink, you know, cranberry juice. And then he just takes this bottle of Southern comfort and pours a little bit into the uh, glass <laughs> and then holds his finger up to his mouth to say, shh, you know, don't tell anybody, don't let your Aunt Edna know. And I proceeded to drink it. After that, it was, you know, that became the drink. See, that's why you were always the good kid, because you were drunk and just calm. (laughs) That's what it was. Mom, dad, that's what it was. He was drunk as a baby. Uh, So you're having the Uncle Clive. I remember, obviously, when you were in the military or right after the military, you would drink Southern Comfort and cranberry juice. Like you go to the bar and have that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would spend, you know, I think the drinks were like 350 I think at the place where we used to drink and I would go through $60, $80 a night. Uh, You're ridiculous. Uh, Mom and dad are so that's, proud, right? That's now, on right? a hoss right. level right there. That's, 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 that's early 20s. So. Hoss is like, I'm doing that in my mid 40s. That's, that's impressive, no doubt. Yeah. All right. So you're bringing the Uncle Clive to the table. Very nice. Southern Comfort and Cranberry Juice and Ode to our family. I appreciate that. Uh, Grinch. Uh, the other military individual. What are you drinking? All right, boys. I did it. The Trinidad Sour. <laughs> All right. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried it yet. Okay. What kind of bitters this goes in that? It's an ounce of Angostura bitters. No, it's not. It's it's a <laughs> half 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 ounce. It, 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 some of the recipes vary, but uh, it's got lemon juice, and then it's got. Um, fucking thing i keep forgetting i gotta look it up damn it i keep i keep mixing up the letters of it it is uh, uh orjot that's what it is um which you can make on your own but i couldn't find orjot here anywhere uh so i'm using an amaretto because it's got that almond kind of flavor component to it okay w- what is orjot i don't even know um it, it's an almondy type syrup 
Okay. You know, some of the homemade recipes are like take blanched almonds, you know, sugar, water, and then like some fucking weirdo like flour water, you know, something like that. So it's sweet. Yeah, it's more the almond flavor that it's instilling versus a sweetness because you're, you know, you're putting that lemon juice in there. And then um, three quarters of an ounce of like a bottled and bond rye bourbon. So it's got a, it's got a flavor that's going to hold out. Um, Some call for just a lemon twist uh, at the end. Uh, Others I saw, this is, this is my improvised attempt to get mint. (laughs) Because the idea is, is that canal. a fucking paper clip? It is a paper clip. Did you clip. just fucking paper clip men? Sure as shit did. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. There, no expense, man. No expense. <laughs> well, the guy he he had drink things, you know, and like you little paper, paper clips, clips. or, yeah. or uh, clothesline. He had like these little cool bars, clothespin, clothespins. Yeah, and I didn't have that, so you know, I woke up the mint, and uh, let's see here. Paper clip. Ooh, that is an interesting drink. So the only, the base you said is the uh, Angostura, Angostura bitters. bitters. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. That, and, and the metallic I, flavor bleeding off the paperclip. Yes. And the, uh, you know, Angostura bitters is 44% alcohol. I did not know that. Yeah. So you, you never look, use much. That's <clears throat> right. Cause any other drink, you go more than a couple of dashes and it just destroys the drink, you know, in the right. sense it's so overpowering, which is why, when Giuseppe Gonzalez in New York, the bartender that designed this drink, everybody was just like, how is that going to work? Like if bitters normally overpowers everything, there's no way. It, 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 it works. works. <clears throat> it works. Okay. Yeah, that just, sour. just him saying that made me think of that. The end of that video that she shot, the reaction to this. With him. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. <laughs> Who made this shit? Wait, I did. Damn it. Yeah, that's you. Exactly. <clears throat> the Trinidad Sour. All right, so you pulled it out of the bag. Is this something you find you would drink on a regular basis or you've tried Well, it? you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, a guy in town who's who's got probably one of the, the best places in town to get a mixed drink. Um, they do a lot of craft cocktails and I was talking to him about this one. And he's like, if you look at the price point, to sell it, given the fact that it's an ounce of bitters, you know, you'd have to charge like $24 for the drink. So it because, doesn't get sold. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we know, you know, it's, it'd be one of those, a one-off, somebody asked for it. Yeah, you got to figure out a price, you know, to make it. But, um, I mean, it's one of those, you're going to make one, you're going to put the time into it and then just sip on it. Because, I mean... Like we talked about, when you got alcohol with alcohol with alcohol and lemon juice. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was gonna say, how was how was that exercise of getting that ounce of bitter stuff? Was that was that was that good time? No, for you? Did here's you bring the funny thing: memories or they, they literally tell you pop that little top off. Yeah, it's like Smart. yeah, because it's so much. You're gonna be you know, like you said, you'd be like. See, I imagine Haas does it right into his mouth and it's in the glass. It's not it's not a bukkake. But it could you. be. But it could be. You take well, my bottles. He comes why on you, to show his face. Is why covered. are you selling the process short, bro? I, I feel Let's like this. On. I feel Let's like this may on. not be Grinch's first uh, first Trinidad sour. Today. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. Thank you for the Trinidad sour. Two down, three to go. Haas. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into some bars around here and ask for that and see if they actually make it and see what they charge. Okay. Yeah, do so, it. I mean, Trinidad it's better than going sour. going yep. into bars, kneeling, and asking them to fucking. Angostura bitters on your yeah, face. You don't go to bars. They have special clubs for that. For that, bro. okay. Have you, uh, by the way, have you made it to lose American bar yet? 
Um, that's a great bar there in Austria. I don't even know. Okay. I'll, I'll Vienna, to... In Vienna. In Vienna. Yeah. But while you're, while you're Googling that, tell us what you brought to the yeah. table to drink. Is it another gin drink? It is another gin drink. And this one I actually don't like. Oh, look at it's that. called a Dom cocktail. Okay. D-O-M. It's gin, Benedictine, Dom, and orange juice. <sighs> so not a fan. Eh? Not a fan. Yeah, yeah. Not. I mean, I only took one sip, but. Too much Dom for you? Um, it's just way too bitter. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, probably way too much Dom. Yeah, I'm, I'm just this. This will not go into rotation. And what's nope. this called? A Dom cocktail. Dom cocktail. Okay. Not and and that is courtesy of your cocktail flow app. Cocktail yep. flow app. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, that that was a loser. The last few gin yeah. drinks have been winners. This was not. Can't yeah, they can't all be not. winners? That's true. They can't. Yep. All right, Mac. What did you bring so, to the table? I, I tried to go with a theme drink today. Uh, for our topic, uh, I made what's called a stars and stripes. Um, I'm about to bust out in the national anthem here, and you're like, gay. It <laughs> doesn't make you more of a patriot to bust out. Well, the oh, yes, it no, does. It doesn't. The problem is, <laughs> it doesn't make you any more less. You see gay. what it looks like? Um, I, mean, I would have expected I it to be like red Shit. and white. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Just throw it on your uh, face and let's see. All right, given how we've already started, our discussion. Bitters, this shit on my we're face. going downhill quick. <laughs> all right, so this is called a Stars and Stripes. What's it's called a Stars and Stripes. It is vodka, pineapple juice, and vanilla ice cream. Uh, you mix it all together, blend it up, and pour it in a little cup. You're supposed to be able to top it with a lime wedge, which as the chief margarita officer, I'm sad to report that I did not have any limes in the refrigerator. Uh, that no seems paper very clips. bad. And no paper clips to uh, put the lime in there with. I, so, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm so confused by the fact vodka's in it and it's called a stars and stripes. I, yeah, it really out, was kind of a weird, I, I guess maybe the vanilla ice cream. Do you say vodka, pineapple juice, and, and vanilla ice cream? Vanilla ice cream. I mean, it that sounds, sounds like it's good. good. Time you would it's, get it in an ice cream it, parlor in Italy or something. Yeah, yeah it doesn't exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make me think of America, though. No. I mean, maybe no, if you, maybe you take in a binder clip and you binder clip. That's right. Or you top, to a, 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 a to lime it. wedge to it. You, yeah, you, then, you top it with a goddamn Budweiser. That's right. It's America. I, I searched for you know patriotic drinks, and you know, after twelve pages of you know. Budweiser. I came across this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to Stars and Stripes. Um, yeah, they're, they're yeah, like again, do a, it's do good. a shot of Jack and that's drink right. some Budweiser. Budweiser. <laughs> that's just that's just America right there. That's right. Um so no, it's good. But yeah, I just don't understand the Stars and Stripes name. Uh, I would have expected to see some like maybe like some red coloring in it or something. Maybe I should have added some food coloring. That might have helped. But that's okay. Stars and Stripes. You, you gave it a shot. Unsuccessful, but is it good? It's good. Yeah. What I mean, it's, did you, you know, use? Uh, I use the Highland West okay. vodka. Gotcha. And then I will finish this out. Thanks I, for asking. No problem. I too tried to go with something not, you know, as themed on what we were doing. And it was not so much the drink itself, but in the way I tried to do it. But unfortunately, I was sitting here waiting and I started drinking it. So, uh, but I did a watermelon mojito where I, it's basically rum, mint, but you take fresh watermelon, you muddle it, and then you add simple syrup, fresh lime, and then pour in your white rum put ice in a shaker, you shake it up, you pour it in a glass over ice, and then it gets topped with a lime wedge. Well, I thought I'd be clever and top it with some blue curacao because the watermelon made it red, the blue, obviously. So unfortunately, because I've been drinking, it is now a green muddled color. But uh, when I first had it- And it what's was, the green come from? That Well, it's blue curacao, which is a blue liqueur. Oh. And then the red from the watermelon 
but it's now mixed because I've been no, drinking no. it. Huh? It sounds more Caribbean than anything. Well, it's called a watermelon mojito. It's not called Stars and Fucking Stripes, okay? So <laughs> at least I got that right. <laughs> it's called the the hammer and sickle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have our drinks. As always, cheers, gentlemen, to you for a good show. Cheers, hopefully. Cheers. And let's go to work. So for all of you intelligent people out there, if you hadn't figured it out, obviously, the topic is going to be something related to the Stars and Stripes. Patriotism is actually the topic. This is something that got brought to the table from my brother a long time ago. And uh, he, he asked, you know, this is something we should cover. We never got to it. He resubmitted something saying, hey. And so I thought, you know what? We need to do it. The interesting part, and this was not on purpose is the first four really the first three episodes because season one of the episode one of season two was uh was basically kind of a recap but the the last three episodes in some way shape or form have had to do with the idea of patriotism and i thought let's have him on let's go ahead and just dig our heels in get the topic done invite him on the show and and let him talk about his perspective on patriotism and kind of go from there and whether or not it's a debate or not we'll will remain to be seen. But that is the topic is patriotism. Grinch has mentioned patriotism and nationalism. We've touched on patriotism in a number of episodes. So we thought it was absolutely relevant to go ahead and discuss it now. I touched base with Joe during the week and it was, what is that uh, the ultimate like defining question in terms of how we wanted to approach this topic? I struggled with it. I know he struggled with it. And so I actually we came up or I came up with a question. So I'm going to pose it to you gentlemen, because this is something I started thinking about it as I researched the idea of patriotism. And the question I want to discuss is what is the definition of patriotism today in a global society? Does it exist? Is what it was defined as 200 years ago, a hundred years ago, does it, does it, does it mean the same thing? Does it resonate the same way? Because the more I thought about it, the more it was, we are no longer islands unto ourselves in the world today uh, with internationalism. Um, the fact that you really have to work in conjunction with other countries. We talked about this two episodes ago with Jason Houck, that America is in 120 countries worldwide. Uh, we consider ourselves a global superpower. So uh, it's really, what is the definition of patriotism or how do you define it in an international world? So that's the question I pose to you, gentlemen, and we can go down whatever rabbit hole we end up. But Joe, I'm going to let so you just, speak first. You just said something that I hadn't considered before when you said uh, internationalism. I, yes. That's not a term that I've ever even heard before. It's, uh, it's just one of those things where you go, you got patriotism, which is supposed to be a good thing. You got nationalism, which originally was a good thing, but it's gone into a bad thing now. And then you've got as you said, internationalism, is yes. that just, we don't care about the country. It's just the events that occur or how people treat each other around the world. Yes. It, it is more of how do we fit into the global community? Patriotism, the definition of patriotism, let's throw it out there. The quality of being patriotic devotion to and vigorous support for one's country. And so internationalism has to deal with the global community and that you are not an island unto yourself and that you need, you are working in conjunction with other countries for the support of a global society. So 
it, it becomes, I think, less about, we have to kind of put aside that patriotic notion of our country always comes first because we are no longer in a situation where that makes sense. Yeah, you think more of like the UN when you think of something like internationalism, right? You know, or the World Health Organization, something along those lines. Right. It, it, do you have it in front of you as well? The definition of nationalism. Uh, I can bring it up for you real quick. Okay. Uh, I did, and then uh, so nationalism is the identification with one's own nation and support for its interest, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. Yeah, and that I mean, in terms of me thinking of patriotism, which, you know, like we've said, it has good connotations in the sense that you want to do what is best for your country, but not necessarily at the expense of others. Like you're proud of your country, you're the, some, the symbols of your nation, that kind of thing. And, you know, it, you know, it reminds me of the kind of the John F. Kennedy speech of ask not what you can do for your not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. They're like, there's a selflessness of giving to the greater good as opposed to the nationalism, which is more, everything is about our state. As long as we're doing great, don't care what happens on the global stage. You know, we're, we're just beholden to us. And that's all we give a shit about, whether it is isolationism, whether it is, you know, unbalanced trade agreements, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it's a spectrum so much of, inter I think internationalism is in play with both. And it kind of depends on, like you would envision one with patriotism, you know, I think of like NATO, common interest, common defense, that type of thing, trade deals. Whereas if you slide into nationalism and you think of internationalism, it's, I don't really give a crap. <clears throat> if it's not in our best interest, we don't care. You mean you know, nationalism or internationalism? Na nationalism, nationalism as it bridges okay. to internationalism. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, Joe, you brought the topic to the table. I'd be curious to know what you think in terms of the question I just put forth. What is the definition for you of patriotism with the understanding that we live in an international society today? Uh, well, I can't give a, a definition as like Merriam-Webster or no. Psychopedia does. But my whole thing was doing uh being see this is where it gets in we've put him on the spot yeah <laughs> it's one of those where you look at it and you go what is best for the community at large you you don't do things it's not the me generation anymore kind of deal it's not me 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 you have to look out for the wider community and whether it is the country itself or your state or your local community, the county, that's where patriotism to me uh, fails for me because I'm not sure where you're supposed to draw the line. Is it just patriotism is just the country in general? Is it to the government? Is to the ideals that the government was originally set out to be? So I was thinking about this, it's not like losing your religion kind of thing where you're losing patriotism. It's how do you define yourself in that uh, area in which you can say, if I don't do this, I'm not a patriotic person. Or if I do this, I'm a patriot. The problem is with patriotism to me is it's not defined by you at that particular moment. You may think you'd be doing the right thing. And then 20 years down the road, people look back and go, 
he was an asshole. He wasn't doing anything that helped out, even right. though at that moment you thought you were doing the absolute right thing. So patriotism is defined as Jason Houck said about war. I mean, we, you can't define if the outcome of a war is positive or negative until years down the road and patriotism you're saying isn't defined in the now it's defined people looking back on the situation going yes they were or no they weren't patriots right because you look at the founding fathers traitors at the time the english thought of them as traitors yeah. rebels and now years later the way we're looking at it is they are the patriots that started the whole thing and to me those people are i define them as america's greatest generation because they're the ones that fought the greatest power on the planet and re and did everything they could to achieve independence from them you know yes the world war ii generation they were highly patriotic they went and fought but they didn't do it was the entire world that was doing that it wasn't just us whereas for the american revolution you had all these people who were wealthy landowners who stood a lot you know they stood to lose a lot if they lost you know not just their lives but their their livelihoods their you know all the wealth that they had achieved of course uh, livelihood of it, could be argue, it could be argued they had a lot to gain if they did succeed right but it wasn't they were they weren't not that that was the motivating factor yeah they were trying to separate themselves and that was i think the start of american nationalism where they were trying to form their own nation away from England, a separation to where their, you know, or our, our language, our customs and everything. Became, our traditions, right. Right. That was the, the center rather than looking at the English, you know, going back to the Magna Carta and all that history and all that they have and way beyond that. But they, we, we were pushing that aside for our own nation and we were, and those people were considered patriots in the end, but not to the English. So in, in a modern era, obviously in the global society in which we live in, does patriotism mean the same thing? I mean, it's easy to look at 250 years ago, whatever, when they were carving out this country, it's easy to define, like you said, looking back through history going, that person's a patriot, patriot for what they did today. Does it still, does the, that, that having those same values, I mean, does that still mean you're a patriot in today's world? Well, that's, that's one of those things that you don't know. I mean, you have your own personal opinions. Yeah. And I want your opinion. That's the point. No. So I, I, I can't argue with you if you don't give I me don't your opinion, think, God damn it. I don't think that you can define for yourself on, I mean, you can, you can define it for yourself. Doesn't make you right. It's, but that's only your own personal opinion within your own head. Right. Other people may have a totally different view of anything that you may be doing. Right. Because a lot so, of people on uh, this show have thought they were right. Well, OK, I mean, so, so we're saying like uh, some of the uh, individuals who uh, went to the Capitol on, on, on the 6th and January 6th, they, they probably considered themselves patriots. Right. I do want to say they absolutely no, nobody nobody in this call would consider right. them patriots. Right. But then, you, I don't know. Would we would I mean, we would consider them patriots outside of that situation, perhaps, but not in that particular situation. Well, I, I, I mean, I think to the point that was made <clears throat> in the moment, you clearly form an opinion. And sometimes history is what later tells you 
whether you're right or wrong. Right or now, wrong. now in this moment, I, I, you know, I know speaking for myself and I think, it, you know, speaking for four of the five, just based on our previous podcast, in this very moment, we considered those that participated in January 6th to not be patriotic, despite the fact they use that term repeatedly, you know, and then draw, I mean, and, and kind of drawing from the foundation of our country, you know, we started with the idea of like no taxation without representation. We didn't want to be governed by uh, a nation that was clear, clear across the ocean. You know, we wanted our independence. I mean, that's in our DNA. And I think, you know, it, it is in our documents, the idea of we cannot allow a tyrannical government. Fast forward to January 6th, that's what a lot of them thought in the sense of, are we, I know I disagree, but that was what they thought. They were being patriotic because they had assessed their government had become tyrannical and was no longer the country that they thought it was going back to our foundation. And that justified their actions. Now, the other famous phrase we love, you know, or at least as applicable here is, you know, his, history is written by the victors, right? You know, so clearly what follows is also shaped by who ultimately ends up on top and how this gets framed. So, I mean, right. you know, from our foundation to January 6th, I mean, I think that's a little bit of the DNA of like that patriotism versus nationalism. And, do it, you know, my, my founding document constitution told me basically, if, if I don't agree with what my government's doing, cause it's lost its way, I'm, I'm obligated to act. You know, agree. Let, well, me, let me ask you a Timothy McVeigh situation there where he thought things had gone sideways and destroyed the federal building in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Okay. Well, wacky people are wacky people are wacky people. Well, but I think I I think that that idea is applicable absolutely in the sense that we're. I don't think any of us would advocate for blind patriotism. That's not what we're asking any of our you know citizens of this nation to be. Um, But. You know, just because you pay taxes doesn't mean your nation is like violating and it's law, like it's lost its way. And just because your nation carries out a lawful <laughs> election doesn't mean it's lost its way. But the people that are involved in both of those incidents between Timothy McVeigh and January 6th felt that it had. But, you know, to an extreme it. degree. That's right? how they justify an, it. And, and that's yeah. the thing. It was to an extreme degree. All right. Mac, what were you going to say, brother? Uh, I don't lost know. it. No, lost um, it. no. My my question is, and and I kind of know my answer to this already, but I'm going to ask this question then, based on recent events. Could you say that the Taliban thinks they're being patriotic, in in you know, taking over Afghanistan? Yes, because it's a it's a devotion to you know, are, are they are they considered patriots? To in in their part of the world, I would say yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea of nationalism is in the eye of the beholder. Right. Right. You know, and in, in their mind, they didn't want to have an America over there any longer. And they felt like it's our country. Let's yeah. Take it I back. mean, it, you know, it, it's, in, in a lot of ways, it's not. All, I mean, is it really a lot different than the American Revolution? And the truth of the matter is, had Osama bin Laden not done the planning of 9-11 there, they would still be there. I think. I mean, why, why else would we have gone into random? You mean fucking the, country the, the Taliban or? The United, United States, States to, yeah. to, to to depose them, you know, of power. Oh, right. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we wouldn't have. I don't think we would have gone in there had that not happened because we haven't gone into Myanmar at all, and they've been 
you know, dealing with genocide and, people for yeah. years. Well, because yeah. because yeah, quite frankly, there was no benefit for us to go in there before that. Yeah, you know, well, there, there's I mean, no, there's nothing for us to gain. Venezuela, so. you know, Joe, countries that are in complete upheaval. Yeah, Joe, I'm I'm going to quote somebody that you are aware of, um, an English comedian, Eddie Izzard, when he refers to the Germans, and he said. You were killing Jews in your own country. Nobody cared. But then you killed the Jews in the next country. Stupid man. Yeah. Because then the world got involved. So, Joe, you bringing up, you know, Myanmar, as long as they're doing it within their own country, nobody gives a shit. The minute you step outside of a country. And real quick, I do think the Jews in Germany did care. Um, so somebody well, did course, care that they were no, going to no, kill. They did. The, the rest, rest of the world, world did didn't care. <laughs> That's that's the problem. The rest of the world didn't care. But again, I guess right. that, that that's a valid point in terms of this situation, patriotism, because we live in a global society. If something does happen halfway across the world, people will go, oh, well, you know, I, I love my country and whatever, you know, it's the values and the benefits and the interests of my country have to come first. That is not always the case today. It can't be. You have to take care of your neighbor. Well, and the simple yeah. truth is until uh, until it affects you. You don't really care. Well, and that, I mean, that was my point. I mean, wasn't with, it, with wasn't it a right? There was, there was no point. There, there was no benefit for us to go into Afghanistan until we thought that, you know, you know, okay, Osama bin Laden's hiding there. We're going to go dump our chests and go find him and kill him. But before that, they didn't give a shit about what, what was going on with the Taliban, quite frankly, I don't think so. We didn't care about ISIS until they almost overran Iraq. I, right. I mean, either way, I think in tying it back to the idea of patriotism, like, if we're being honest, like, and, and I think where you, you were about to go with that, Thor, was, you know, Jason's comment was, if you're going to be a superpower, act like it, you know, kind of thing. Yep. Um, but not, we're, not just that, but didn't, didn't he use the analogy where it was like, we're all in a subdivision, right? If there's a crack house down the street, eventually that crack house is going to make it all the way down. It's going to take over the whole neighborhood. Like you have a duty and an obligation. Yeah. And, and, that, and that idea is based in like a criminal justice criminology theory, which is the broken windows theory of like, if you allow a neighborhood to have broken windows and you never fix these things, people stop caring because they just see a shitty building that nobody seems to care about. So what's one more rock through a window? Right. Are we going to oh, start the one, going down stop and frisk now? You know, <laughs> it's just one of those, like, it, you know, I still think, all right, so back to patriotism, it, it still resides in the idea of it's you support your nation and what's in the best interest of your nation. We're at a point now where not everybody agrees with some of that. Now, acting on war is one thing, but I think maybe if we kind of focus on being at home, that's clearly where the rift is, is, is you know, call it Trumpism, call it whatever you, you will. There, there are people in our country who, who do care deeply about the Constitution and believe that they are being patriotic because they think the nation has lost its way. Well, yeah, but here's the problem. The problem is what they don't understand. And you kind of brought this up earlier when you mentioned NATO is there are world trade deals that greatly affect the united states like who we trade with and 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 how that money and those operations flow back and forth are a big freaking deal it's not as simple it's not as black and white as it was when we succeeded from you know england oh, i agree i agree or things I like mean, the, the paris climate accord you know but, being involved in that but but the core of and there you're going into internationalism there yeah but the, the core of the base that voted Republican are a lot of poor white people who feel like the country left them behind. Now, I totally agree. It's, you know, it's a bit of like, so let's walk the dog on this. So like, what is it you really think should happen? 
and there aren't good answers. They just aren't happy with where things are. Right. You know, and it's a bit of the, I'm never to blame for my own predicament, you know, this and that never want to pay taxes, but I complain about this road, you know, that isn't fixed. Um, I don't like international, international trade, yet it brings billions into the nation. You know, it's just, they don't see that. Like they don't feel the connection between something at that level and the fact that they're in poverty or just generally displeased with, you know, this woke culture and the left and da da da. Yeah, but the problem well, is that same base elected a guy who all he and, and they felt like they were being left behind. All they did was elected a guy that stood on the gas pedal and put them farther in the dust. <laughs> I'm sorry, was- but and, and and again, he touted isolationism, like let's close our borders, let's let's isolate ourselves from the rest of the world, let's get out of Paris, let's close down these trade deals. Things that were never going to help his base of of people that voted for him and the problem is they all said we're patriots here's the problem nafta made it so that there was a certain segment of the united states population that no longer had guaranteed lines of income from multiple generations right it it removed a certain portion of manufacturing straight out of the u.s so now that nafta has, has has done that and we have created an, a situation where we trade all over the world, that train's left the station. You, there's no way you roll that. You, how do you even do, uh, what was it, individual, what, is it, what do they call it? Isolationism? Isolationism. Yeah, how do you even do that now? I, I don't even know how you roll that. How would you even roll that back? I don't know. I, yeah, and I would just say, I mean, I agree. It's just, we know those philosophical discussions aren't happening, right? We're just, because, I mean, in fairness, probably, Probably a lot of people who saw, oh, by the way, these big corporations that aren't paying a whole lot in taxes move their manufacturing because of cheap labor. All they knew is they lost their jobs and they may or may not have been told, hey, but it's a new economy. There's going to be a jobs program. We're going to we're going to modernize you into this new world, teach you skills. And it it probably never happened. Well, and none of them were going to pay five thousand dollars for a refrigerator either. That was made in the U.S., right? That's right. That's so, right. You know, they, they, you, you want to complain about, you know, outsourcing and, and moving all of this manufacturing out, but you want the cheapest shit anyway. Right. You didn't want to pay so, the high price that it yeah. was going to cost. Hey, and the promise of America is opportunity. Right. Not a job. Right. It's the opportunity for a you, job. You, you make it's of it what you can. There's an opportunity to work 60 plus There hours is nothing in our constitution that says what will be given to you other than the opportunity. In certain right. freedoms that will be protected. Right. Okay. So let's, I mean, we obviously got off track from our topic. Yeah, I want to so pause wanna... for just a second. I felt like Joe was wanting to say something, maybe, if I'm wrong. Well, it's it's one of those things when you go into politics and you say, I don't think the politicians are actually doing their jobs at all to begin with, because their job is actually to look out for the community, the entire, you know, wherever it is that they're from, but they're supposed to put all that together. What they need to do is they're all nowadays, especially the ones that are hitting the mainstream media that you see all the time with the, the McConnells and the Pelosi's and the, the Cruises and whoever, uh, they're all uh, all or nothing. They want it their way, the, the full thing. Like That's where I think uh, President Obama screwed up with the uh, uh, Affordable Care Act is he they were trying to push this huge piece of legislation through that was getting all kinds of pushback. And why don't you try and push one small thing through 
And then the next Congress, you can try to add to it. And the next Congress, you can add to it. You know, start out with the uh, uh, pre-existing condition thing. And then the next time you say, okay, we're going to let you cover the kids up until they're 26 years of age. And then the next year you say this and the next, but they don't want to do any of these things. They want the huge, you well, know, they, the big money, you know, thing, right? Ticket items, it's, right. It's but, a negotiation, right? You, you, you yeah, they're kind not of slowly ease into everything. It all. Give me it all or, you know, or I'm you're not playing American, it at all. Yeah. You know, you're, but yeah, I got to imagine sitting at that level, uh, you know, if you're the president and you're going, my time is finite, I may not be here four years from now. If I don't get this done, it doesn't get done. Well, well and that's what, and that's what you said. Well, yeah, of course but that's what, you know, that's what you told your base constituents. You were going to do. That you were going to do. Right. So you can't. See, I don't think that they should promise anything. No, I agree with that, right? Because but, they, but they can't, know who would get elected. Shit. Yeah. To do because you're just the president. You, all you can do is say, "Here's what I want to try," right? And then Congress can either go, "Fuck you," or "Okay, let's give that a go." But right. you're not going to get the whole thing that you want. So people who are running for office don't shouldn't say, "This is what I'm going to do," because you're not going to do it. No. Well, I, I, what, I, I agree. It's the funny thing is, and Thor said this, that's how they get elected by making these ridiculous claims. I mean, any rational person like, like us is going to look at it and go, you're not going to do that. Like you just aren't, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, it, well, it's the same idea of like, uh, it's happened several elections now where they talk about in primary, you move to the margins so you can't, so you, you secure your base. And then as soon as the primary is done and you're in the general, you center up, right. You know, and, and I agree with the comment. I absolutely um, would prefer uh, that, you know, the whole idea of Congress was supposed to be, it represents the entire nation and through compromise, you get an imperfect bill, but you get something that kind of keeps us trending in the right way. And I've heard it described that the whole idea of Congress is to prevent bad legislation rather than Set the set the conditions for perfect legislation. How's that working out? For and, us? Uh, yeah, right. But um, yeah, I, I think it, I agree with the comment that as much as I think that would have been the right answer of incremental improvement, let's keep you know improving the foxhole kind of thing. You you, you strike while, while you can, and he you know he had the votes in Congress, he got it through, and yes, he did what the typical politician does: overpromised underdelivered, <laughs> right. and that, and that's kind of the way it is right now, and like. Like you said, we all know half the shit isn't going to happen. But he's a but, patriot. But that, but they're trying to get elected, right you now. So real quick, I just want to ask this question. Um, so Joe, you did time in the Marine Corps, Grinch. You built a career in the Army, and I, I'd be curious, as you know, with the two of you, in terms of like going into the military, six years, twenty years, like you built a that that particular career out of being a patriot, like it's a patriotic duty to go into the military and defend your country and uphold the beliefs and values. Did you do it because you felt like a patriot? I know Grinch, you've said in the past, I didn't do it so that people go, Oh, you're a veteran. We're so proud of you. Thanks for your service. But in terms of patriotism, did you feel it was your patriotic duty when you signed those papers and did it? And part B of that is, do you feel like a patriot after you did it? Joe, do you want to go first? Yeah. I couldn't even begin to even answer the second part of that. <laughs> part. It depends uh, on the at, day. Huh? At yeah, first, yeah. it was just, uh, it was one of those things where it was almost a, I felt like I was expected. To and do I that. needed to get the fuck out of the Atlanta. 
Well, it, <laughs> I, 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 and it's probably worth mentioning the legacy of your family, though. Well, yeah, I mean, you had we had our great grandfather who fought in the army in World War One. Had granddad who fought in World Marine War Two. He would jam in the Marine Corps. Korea. Yeah, World War Two, Korea and Vietnam. Vietnam. There. Then two uncles who have been in the Marine Corps. Um, and our father tried to went in uh, and was go out. in and got four left for a back yeah. uh, issue issue and then yeah. me and now my oldest boy has spent 12 plus years in the marine corps and he's a captain uh in the marine corps after going mustang he spent he became staff sergeant in the marine corps then he went to college and now he's gone through officer can school and he's a captain in the marine corps now uh so it's a so just this long line uh going through but it's all it was one of those where it it felt like I was supposed to do these things. So, I mean, and I don't fault anybody for not talking me out of it. And I, I had a great time while I was in there, the best job I've ever had in my entire life. And I regret constantly that I left it. Um, but I was 25 years old. I was a stupid kid who got angry at some decisions that were made and said, well, I'm getting out, which was just dumb. And I didn't feel patriotic when we got when we came back from Somalia, we got redeployed back out to Haiti in 94, which was the first time that it ever happened. Uh, a duty amphibious ready group coming back, ending their deployment, getting everything off the ships. And then within two weeks, we're loading everything back on again and going redeploying down to Haiti. Um, we had news crews on board and I got interviewed on one of these things and they're asking me about how I felt about it. I'm going, it's my job. This is what I volunteered to do. It's not that I can be pissed off that I have to actually do my job. This is what we want to do. We, we, we joined, we became good at this so that if the time came that we actually had to use it, we, consider ourselves the best at whatever it was. And we wanted to prove to everyone else that we could do the job. It wasn't a, a patriotism kind of thing. It was our, our own personal uh, way of looking at things or okay. how we felt that we should act or we behaved with each other, how we worked together. It wasn't saying, this is for the country, I need to do this that never even entered into it. Uh, Grinch, before you answer, you know, Joe, this is something you and I haven't, we haven't talked in depth about it, but I would like to ask you a personal question <clears throat> as it relates to patriotism. So for those that don't know, my brother was a crew chief on uh, CH-53 Super Stallions in the Marine Corps, uh, which is the large helicopters. And so I wanted to ask you in terms of patriotism, when you guys were off the coast of Africa that night and the helicopters were out and one went down, uh, was it Gruber? I think Dwyer was on staff. Uh, that Dwyer. was the first deployment. Yeah. Out Canary Islands in November of 92. When that went down in the middle of the night and, and they were all, all of them died in that crash. Like, did you think in terms of, in, in terms of dealing with it and rationalizing the fact that they were out, that they had died in a helicopter crash, like, you know, there was some patriotic sense of, you know, they died for their country. Nope. You know? Okay. Not a bit. And, and again, this is not something you and I, mean, I have and talked I don't about. Wanna, I don't want to marginalize how those guys may have felt because I don't know. Right. 
and I will never know. And I don't know how their families felt. But I remember but talking to you and I know you. But we did not ever consider that. It was our own personal loss. It was right. like anybody losing a family member or a friend with a funeral. It wasn't a, he died doing what he liked or he died as a patriot. It was, he's now gone. Let's remember these people as who they were and how we knew them. I, I just, I know, because when we have touch base, I know that I think there was some frustration because the Navy wouldn't deploy a search and rescue team that night. They made them wait till the next morning. And I think somebody was actually in the water overnight and died from exposure. You know, yeah. it's one of those, like, if they go out, they could have rescued him. So, and that's why I was curious in that situation. Well, it like, was nighttime in the ocean, in fog, fog at night in, over the ocean on night vision goggles. You can't see jet. Right. Okay. I mean, I've uh, described when we came in and landed that night because they were supposed to join up with us and we couldn't make contact with them. We got called back into the ship and on night vision goggles, you could see the ship sailing into the fog. And all you could see was this pale green haze with the ship hanging in the middle of it. So you couldn't even see the water or the sky, nothing, just the, the ship. So it was, there was no reference other than that. So you couldn't tell what was around you at all. Right. Okay. Again, like I said, I know when, when people will die in military action and stuff like that, it's like, oh, they were patriots and they died, you know, defending the country or doing, you know, like that, that wasn't them out like rescuing people, you know, they were on just night maneuvers and bad shit happened. So I was just curious. Well, um, I mean, I guess the question is, is that how we as a country justify in our own minds you know, potentially putting them in a, in, in a position where that could happen. Well, people They're don't patriots. realize, and Grinch, you could probably speak to this as well. The, the media doesn't do a very good job of describing anything militarily. When they say these people died in a training mission, every mission, unless you're at war, is a training mission. <laughs> right. You know, you're not, and they're just as dangerous as a wartime mission because your plane could go down, your, your ship could sink, your boat could go down, something could happen because you're not dealing with the safest of occupations. So when people die in a training mission, you know, it's expected that something is gonna happen and you try to minimize it as much as possible. But you know, with as dangerous as it is, there is a possibility that somebody's gonna die on a training mission. I've lost friends just like I said, those five friends that were killed in that crash. I had a couple other friends that were killed in a mid-air collision over Camp Lejeune at night during a training exercise where helicopters were lifting out of an LZ while others were moving through, moving, you know, Cobra attack helicopters were moving over in simulated covering positions. And a Cobra and a 46 collided, killed everybody on board the 46. And I think one one or both of the uh, 50 of uh, Cobra crewmen uh, escaped uh, from the uh, crash and didn't die, but were, you know, probably badly mangled and their careers were over. And did that, did you feel patriotic? No. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, like, well, again, it wasn't a patriotism thing. Okay. So Grinch, I mean, you 20 years, you've been on multiple deployments overseas in country, you know, defending, I guess, America's, belief system, interests, you know, yeah, 
Yeah. Did you yeah. feel like patriotic? Well, uh, maybe kind of meander around a little bit, touching on a few points that Joe talked about, which was, um, you know, it's a volunteer force. I mentioned that before, and Joe Joe used those terms of that. Nobody was drafted, right? Like, you know, of our own free will, we signed up. So there's there's that aspect of it. Um, my my obviously my timeline's a little different in that I came in, you know, I got to Fort Bragg in January of 2001. New, you know, at the time it's funny because I was like, oh, there's not a whole lot going on. Training, training, training. That's what we do. And then September 11th happened, and it was like, and here's a whole bunch of deployments, and a bunch of time went by, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, yeah, certainly like um, following. September of le- uh, September 11th, you know, it's not that I was completely jaded in the sense that I couldn't have critical thought, but like, I at least thought I understood why we were there, what we were there to accomplish and why it was in our nation's best interest. Cause you know, we'd been attacked. So it was like, fuck them. We're over here to kill every fucker we can get our hands on, you know, in a sense, it's more complicated than that as we began to learn. Cause Oh, by the way, there's a people here, there's a culture, are we nation building? What are we doing? Um, you know, now going into Iraq pissed me off. Obviously, I deployed to Iraq a number of times, so it is what it is. But it, I, I didn't understand that. I thought it was a false, you know, false bill of goods that let us in there. Still do. Um, so, like when I reflect back on patriotism, I, you know, maybe it's personal patriotism in the sense that I, when when we made the decision to retire, I felt like I had done my part. Was the way I described it. I did my part. You know, we 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 often say we had a fair relationship with the army. It paid us pretty well. We enjoyed our experience, got to do all kinds of things I never would have done otherwise. So it was, it, it was an honest relationship. Um, yeah, along the way, there's some things that, you know, made me mad, uh, but I think that's, that's normal. Um, to me, where I saw, you know, families and friends affected by the notion of patriotism was when they called into question things that had led to like their son or daughter losing their lives. Um, and I'll use the example of, um, like in Afghanistan, the whole Korangal Valley and Restrepo and some of the medals of honor that came out of that. I mean, anybody looking back on it in hindsight, and it's easy to in hindsight, saw like we put these, these, these people in very, very difficult situations and did not set them up for success. And if I were a parent and my child had been killed under those circumstances, I'd be pissed off too. I would. You know, like with with Pat Tillman, that was fog of war mistakes. Like there's some people that probably still to this day feel horrible about how he died. But being there unto itself wasn't the problem. You know, you didn't quite question the mission. I, And I think, you know, there's this notion of, again, giving to something greater than yourself. And and in this sense, I, I, I did feel that. I mean, there were times where, like, you know, I look on the flag and it, it makes me proud. Like, I loved having that flag on my shoulder. And, you know, there were a couple of times I'd get misty-eyed in certain circumstances, whether it was, you know, seeing the flag and kind of thinking back on kind of the totality of the experience of a deployment or whatever. And certainly attended a number of rampside ceremonies, you know, and thinking about those families coming back and coming into Dover. Like, all that stuff's with you. It's just you want to believe it's all... It, like there, there were the decisions made were in good faith and what was in our the best interest of our nation. Hyper politiz- politicization doesn't help anymore because 
that's what we as a nation we need is two parties having critical thought and having those debates of is this the right thing for our nation and then pivoting a little bit i would say part of you know and there's a i don't remember who said the 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 phrase of democracy dies when you're trying to get more out of it than you put in and that's a lot of what we're seeing today is these individuals who put themselves above their nation and all they care about is what they get out of it not really characterizing the decisions and things they're talking about within the like the the framework of and therefore our nation will be better because that's the part that frustrates me now as i you know kind of see where we are and now you know the dust is going to settle in afghanistan i guess we'll see i don't know we're still there you know the 82nd airborne is over there now as well as you know uh, marines so we're not quite done with this thing in terms of Afghanistan, but yeah, in the broad sense, I'm proud of my service. I, I love, you know, I love my country. I love the flag. Um, and yes, I did have some very bitter jaded moments of just like, what the fuck, you know, how many people on this call own an American flag? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do not don't own an American flag. I was just curious. So now we've done that dance. Uh, I'm going to pivot for a second because Haas, you don't live in this country. Uh, I don't think that necessarily means you're not a patriot, but you live abroad in a foreign country. And I'd like to know your thoughts on patriotism because you have now seen a different perspective. Again, like you can look at Joe and you can look at Grinch when they're going overseas. They are still looking, I think, through the lens of America when you're overseas. Uh, I, I just think in a, in, in a situation like that, you don't have a choice. But you, of your own free will, you moved abroad. You've been there almost two years. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on patriotism as somebody that lives in a foreign country. It calls and, and a foreign wanna, country home. I want to kind of add a question on top of that that we can, you know, Hoss, you can answer this as well. And we can circle back. Can you feel or can you be patriotic for two different countries? Right. I mean, with, with you know, the world the way it is, I mean, you have people migrating from country to country, living in different places, you know, can you have that same pride for, for multiple countries? That's a good question. That's a great question, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously. Did I just catch you off guard? But born and raised in, in, in America. I mean, it's, it's hard not to be a proud American. No offense, Even, but you were born and raised in South Carolina. Be careful. Well, okay? no. I was. Well, I was. Oh wait, born, wait. Born yeah, in my New brother York. was born and raised in South Carolina. It, it, I'm sorry. That's, it's that, that's born. <laughs> it's America. Hey, I, I was born in South Carolina. Hey, but it's, oh my God, three Austin, of the five. You get like your egg. <laughs> you get your house egged if you put the American flag out or something. Or <laughs> who me? You're not Haas. Oh, I didn't hear that part. I'm sorry. I was laughing. No, Sorry. no. Um, in, in fact, I mean, I, we, we live in a building with people who are, you know, long generational Austrians. Everyone knows we're the Americans in the building. Everybody knows who we are. We're, we're I say we're kind of loud. I'm kind of loud. My wife is also kind of loud, I guess, people. too. I mean, you know, Friday nights, everyone knows Friday nights, close your windows, <laughs> unless you right. want to hear what's going on. <laughs> No. Hide just, that's right. Everyone just says, that's right. That was such a great. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's 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 weird. Um, I don't find it hard to be proud to be an American. 
I mean, I find it sometimes too embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for America when I'm over here because there's different conversations that happen over here. Um, like I said, there's a guy in my building who was special forces for the Austrian military and was all over, stationed all over the world, Alaska. Um, I think he did some time in Texas. Uh, he, he and I have a lot of great conversations over Rome in our little courtyard, uh, our adjoining courtyard. And um, it, it's interesting to get the different perspectives. I mean, we, we forget sometimes the history that other nations have had to endure. We would, parts of our society would go into an engagement like World War One, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, but our whole society as a whole, they, they, were, they were experiencing it through a lens or through, you know, other people's experiences. These nations went through that. You know, they have a, a monument not two blocks from where I live called 369 Vulcan, and it's 369 weeks that Austria was occupied by Germany and the toll that took on this nation. And so it's hard. They're very proud people here, Austrians, and they're very, they're, they, they close their ranks. They're very close to net. They're very tight. Austrians don't typically let you into their inner circle. Um, so it's hard as an outsider. It's interesting. Um, but patriotism, I think, uh, I, I still very, I still, I personally still feel very patriotic. My wife is Native American. She feels even more patriotic than I do, and rightfully so. Um, but at the same time, to to kind of swing and segue into Max's question, we do find ourselves becoming more curious, sympathetic, and empathetic. Uh, and wanting to know more about and understanding more about the history and the culture of where we live. And we think that's important. I mean, if you're going to assimilate somewhere where you live, you should be respectful in that way. And so we do try to ensure that we're taking those things into account. Yeah, there's a shitload of pride in this country on who they are uh, and a shitload of patriotism on who they are. And it shows in stuff like the World Cup or the Euro Cup when, um, when they show up. I mean, they show up to celebrate and support the, their country here. The same thing in the Olympics. They did the same thing for that when they had people placing in, whether it was horseback riding or whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, that's another form of patriotism right there with the uh, sporting events, the Olympics, the World Cups. You know, I found myself during the Olympics, I didn't, net, I mean, I rooted for the American when they were in whatever it was but I was more interested in seeing who the fastest was or who could throw the long, you know, the furthest <laughs> discus or hammer, javelin, whatever, uh, who the best diver was. I didn't care what country they came from, but I would still root for the American that was in it. When was the Olympics? I must've missed that. That was, it <laughs> well, ended like last yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're being a smart ass, but uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Joe, in the sense that, um, I mean, we've had this discussion about the World Cup, like despite the men's national team not qualifying, you know, finding it really fascinating. But, you know, I mean, in the Olympics, we walked away with the most medals. I mean, by all accounts, we should be able to beat our chest. And I, I kind of found myself like forgetting about it as soon as it was done. You were more like, eh. It's well, because we're used to it, right? The well, other side, and yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and as right. Americans, we're used to it. We're used yeah. to being top dog all over the world. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with the American sensibility now is we always want to root for the underdog only we never want to be the, the underdog. underdog right yeah so how do you such a dichotomy there 
Man. And when we are, we just we skew the rules and go out and get professionals um, to to win everything for us. So. Yeah, Olympics are amateur sports, and yet all of our NBA players are professional players. And, and that needs to be a debate. We need to talk about well, that yeah. at some point. Well, because it reminds, it's not, and it's not yeah, because, all sports but, within the Olympics, right? But you do have. I mean, you have professional players that go back and play for their. And that was the problem, right? You had professionals that were playing for other countries. So that's kind of what brought that to light. I can't wow. remember who said this phrase, but I remember the phrase that every country advocates in its own best interest. We're the only one who gets criticized for it. And it's a true statement. No, it is. I, you know, and I mean, should, okay, right? if we're got I mean, the biggest economy in the world, you know, if we go into recession, the world's probably going to go into recession. Like there, there's some, like, I think America is not great at being humble. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not a strength. <laughs> I, I think, you know, there's, there are ways to flex and show your power without like rubbing, rubbing people's noses in it. We just hadn't figured out how to do it yet. No, no, we're, yeah. I mean, Hey, well, look, we're rough and tumble. We're not a very old country. We really aren't. I mean, there's, there's, I'm living in a building that's older than our country. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. And like we said, you know, uh, I mean, what, barely 50, 60 years ago, racism was rampant in the sense of laws that existed that prohibited a part of our population from sharing a water fountain. So the worst part is, <laughs> you know? is racism is still rampant. It's just the laws aren't on the books anymore. <laughs> that makes it okay, I guess. Take it a different form. The fuck, yeah. Um, well, I mean, but, you know, maybe circling back. I mean, that is a bit of where this patriotism comes from now, which is this is no longer the nation that people felt it used to be right or wrong, or whether it made any sense there to be that way. I mean, obviously, I don't think we agree with that. But they think they don't think they recognize the nation that it exists now. And, and we've talked about this before, the Republican Party is based on white grievance politics of how the world used to be white males in charge. And I, I'm oversimplifying, but there's a lot of truth to that. So there's this insecurity about, well, where does this go? Well, you know, I don't know. In a hundred years, we're all going to be like a lightish brown kind of something. I don't know. We'll be mulatto or whatever it is. Well, they started uh, releasing some of the census information and saying that now white people are no longer the majority, or at least the next generation will no longer be the majority in the country anymore because there'll be, there's the, you have the black population, the Hispanic population, the Asian population, and then you have the mix. You know, you yeah. get the white population, but then there are the, uh, the people that have a, a white parent and a Hispanic parent or a white parent and an Asian parent, or a white parent and a black parent. Right. So it's no longer, no one's actually, there are very few people or there are fewer people now identifying strictly as white. So when the census came out after, you know, a year of, you know, <laughs> political delays court, and everything else, yeah. and all, trying to figure out how to get it counted and all, it's now coming out that whites are no longer the absolute majority in the country because they're no longer sticking to only white people doing this or only white people doing that. And let's be honest. I mean, I'm an old white guy and I've never been in charge and I'm okay with it. See, but that right there, when I, when I read that and I think it, I think I read it on the uh, uh, Pew research. Uh, Sounds right. Website, that uh, I was thinking, okay, so now the, the dream of the melting pot of the United States is actually it's here finally arriving. It's a reality. Yeah. 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 yeah and I, I mean, I, to that point, I mean, I think you could argue now more than ever, 
is it's 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 super important to have an understanding of what patriotism means in this modern world of caring about this nation and preserving it in the sense of continuing to provide opportunity. And I get it. It's 50 states. We cover a lot of geography. The way we were even created has a lot of history to it of how we acquired land. Immigration has been present throughout the process. Like, and like we, like, you know, the phrase I used before, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Like this is where it's headed. And you can stand in, in front of it and go, I just know, okay, well, th- that isn't going to work. <laughs> it's just well, not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it comes back to, you know, it, I, I don't give a shit what things were like 50 years ago. This isn't America of 50 years ago. It's completely different. Like, like Joe, you said, I mean, you know, just, just the population in, in and of itself has shifted so much. So you can't just say, well, you know, I want to go back to, you know, 50 years ago when everything was better and America was great. Well, America is not great now. It's just different. And nobody, a lot of people don't like different. That's the problem. And it's funny you said it because what makes America so great from being over here now and seeing it from the outside looking in is the fact that it's not the same. The fact that it's constantly evolving and being a better version of itself than is we it? ever thought it could be. Well, yes, it? actually, it comparatively, absolutely 100%. And I'll tell you why. Because like in countries wait. like Austria, um, it's the same old, same old. There's not a lot of diversity. It is a lot of white people. Yes, sure, they have um, refugees and to some degree immigrants, uh, whether they're from the Middle East or from Eastern Europe. <laughs> but they come here, they get their education. And because of the way that the Austrian government is set up, it's not it's not user friendly. So they come here, they get their education, they get their work experience, whatever, and then they bounce and they go somewhere else. They have an issue here where there's no and I mean zero innovation. And it's something that's talked about quite a lot is how how is it the US has so much innovation? How is it that China has so much innovation? And yet we don't we work 80 hours a week. Well, sure. There you guys is get rid of some life. of those fucking holidays. You might Absolutely. innovate something. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I agree. So, you're right. There is a work-life balance <laughs> argument to be made in that discussion. But it's also the fact that you have hungry individuals coming right. and chasing the U.S. dream. Whether they're coming there or they're born there, it's the American way to chase that American dream. And part of that is the constant evolution of being better than we, we want to be better than our parents' generation and better than our grandparents generation you know we wouldn't look back and say thank you mom and dad thank you grandma and grandpa for lifting us up and setting down these 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 pathways for us to be a better version of a society than you guys were there are certain things and i think uh jason talked about it last time or the last episode i heard was we want to be the superpower but the people the people want to be the superpower but they don't want to do what's required to be the superpower right yeah but Hey, Haas, question for you. Do the uh, Austrians do anything like we do, like 4th of July or Memorial Day or anything like that? They, they have an Independence Day. I'm not all that familiar with it. Here's the problem, to be honest with you, Joe. They have so many fucking holidays here. I can't keep them all straight. OK, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. I'm, I'm serious. Like they have like two a month at least. Wow. And I, I and the other thing is, remember, a majority of the time I've been here has been in lockdown. Uh, Austria was basically it, was essentially locked down for 14 months on and off of some degree. So I'm not as culturally familiar with some of that stuff, but yeah, they have, they have a national holiday. Do they, do they name their kids Adolf? 
No, absolutely not. Uh, I was just wondering since you were from there. One hundred percent not. I mean, you wouldn't talk about being I super, was like, super that... sensitive. So, I mean, well, do, so my kid's gonna be, be a janitor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's gonna be cooking doter kebabs on a stand by the by the train station. Um, I think on some level, and maybe I'm wrong, and I don't want to speak for the group, but I think we have outgrown the idea of patriotism in an international world. And that's not to say that patriotism can't exist and that you can't love your country. But I think I think the, you have to love your country, but you still you, you can't close yourself down. Right. You know? But we have to circle back to what is it about? Are you the ideals that your country was originally set out to Found be? On? Is it the land? I mean, you look at the borders of any country. All the border is is a limit to the governmental reach. Right. Yep. That's all a border actually is. So Within the border, do you say, well, I like the Rocky Mountains. I'm patriotic toward that. But the Rocky Mountains extended into Canada, you know, or the Pacific Ocean. Well, Pacific Ocean touches a whole bunch of the rest of the world. Of course, you if know? you tell me you're patriotic towards the Pacific Ocean, then that's going to open a whole well, I'm just talking about like question. Hey, <laughs> California, Oregon, Washington. The Pacific does have a Google review. You can look it up. I'm dead serious. It does. Hopefully it's I'm a good sure review. You know that. <laughs> I think it, I, I understand the point you're trying to make, Joe, is what what is the basis of patriotism for any individual? Right. And that's why you can't really define it. It has to Cleanly. be defined for each person alone. And only when we get into governmental or military stuff, is it grouped as a, you know, is it lumped in as a group kind of thing? the entire Marine Corps, the entire army, the whole of Congress, you know, it's just as a group thing. It's not mob mentality, like, you know, January 6th, I guess, but it's well laid out. You know, they're very strict I'm parameters. Not sure what I want to say parameters that you want to, that you have to fit within, you know, you have your chain of commands in everything that all work to make together to make the whole, operate properly but is that patriotism just because you're working for the best interests of the country and are you always working towards the best interests of the country or the best interest of individuals within a specific group in the country yes well i would say military action outside this country in my opinion is not working towards the best interest of this country well, and and that's agree. that's not a that's not a, a an indictment on the fact that either of you serve. But I would say if if you're going abroad and you are fighting in a foreign country, you're fighting for the interests of that country, not here. Yeah, well, I know you say that, and yet, if there are socioeconomic ties to that nation, by default, it would actually be in America's interest. Well, what I would, okay, I, maybe this will help this idea a little bit. You know, something I've thought about a lot was, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is to understand that big theme that connects you because you, you, you connect with what's around you and what's proximate to you just by nature. Right. And and I'd be curious to get Joe's take on this, because I, I think about this with the army a lot, because, you know, if you include guard reserves, everything, you know, the army's over a million. It's just big. And so what you tend to find is within the army you identified with the unit you were with. Like I, I, at the time, took more pride in being in the 82nd Airborne than I did in being in the Army. 
my sense is with the Marine Corps, because it's a little bit more discreet, you know, what, 220,000, maybe more than that now. I don't even think it's that high. It's yeah. 180 and dropping down to 140. And, and oh, by the way, on the uniform, you don't wear a lot of patches that distinguish you like the army. We is, don't. Yeah, we don't know, have the army anything. wears the unit patch, you know, on the left shoulder and your combat patch on the right. So all these things were there to tell you kind of who you were a part of. And I always, I always appreciated about the Marine Corps, you know, despite the fact that it can be a little annoying at times if you're, if you're not of the Marine Corps, like how, how kind of centric they are. Like I'm a Marine as opposed to I'm in the 82nd. And so I apply that thought to the United States writ large of what is the common theme that keeps us connected? Like what is, what, like how does an Alaska connect? How does a territory like a Puerto Rico that almost got shunned, you know, or, you know, some of these other areas that we treat like aren't part of the nation at times, they have no votes, yet they provide a large number of members into the military service. Like what makes them think and be proud of being part, you know, of America? And what would ever happen if America kind of regionalized and let's say like, I'm just going to use a crazy one of like Wyoming is like, nah, I don't want to provide my National Guard. I know legally they can't do that, but because once they go federal, they got, they're going. But if a Wyoming's like, I don't really understand how this benefits Wyoming. I'm not sending the soldiers. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I think America at large probably goes, I don't see the benefit of Florida. Can we just build a fucking wall mm, across hey, the buddy. south border? Lately, lately. I, I, right? I, yeah, I, I was going to say. I want Disney World. I want, can we have Disney, Disney World? World? Yeah. <laughs> can, oh, it'll we be like the build, Vatican. Dude. Dude, It'll be like the Vatican. Vatican. Oh. It's, own, it's its own, its own country. country. Yeah. It's its own nation. Yeah, I, I, the autonomous the region of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> if we keep going down this road, eventually Florida will turn into like Escape from New York, and they will just build a fucking wall Bro. across the north border of Florida, and just, just people. Just nobody with wants giant insects and reptiles. Right. Nobody and I want to clarify. I'm not suggesting it would happen, but we can't forget the fact our civil war came about because a region decided they wanted to be a certain way and didn't yeah. think they cared about what the rest of the state said. Uh, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, I don't know how we define patriotism. Thanks for fucking us up, Joe, bringing this topic to the table. Well, Cause I don't even know how you define patriotism at this point. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't know how. And it was just, like I said, it, it went way back. And I just remembered that line that I sent you. And I just remember reading that. And I thought that's an interesting line. And then just kept in my head for ages do you remember the line so you can share it with them? Uh, it was a line from uh, Patrick O'Brien's Master and Commander. Two naval officers are sitting in the ship talking about uh, their past and all. And one of them said, and, they, and somebody comments, one of them comments on patriotism. The Dr. Maturin character says, uh, patriotism's just a word. He says, either it comes to mean my country uh right or wrong which is infamous or my country is always right which is imbecile and that was the line or to my the best of my knowledge that's what it was and um, that, that I, actually was thinking, i i googled it while you were yeah and that's almost verbatim so it said you know and it was one of those where you think about it and go your country right or wrong being infamous just means whether it did something right or it did something wrong you agreed with it wholeheartedly which is to me, that's just imbecile itself. But my country is always right. You're, no country is ever going to be always right. 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 And right. that's just how it is. Uh, I had a friend who 
would only buy American because American was the best that you could buy. And I'm going, not necessarily, but refrigerator was American. The car was American. Yeah. You know, everything. And I was like, okay, well, if that's the way you want to look at it as, you know, and I didn't fault him for it. I was like, that's your way of looking at things. I don't agree with it, but Hey, that's, that's on you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and maybe the modern take on patriotism is love of country, but that doesn't mean blindly you delete, detriment. You, it, not blindly. And it doesn't mean it, it's, it's without criticism. Yeah. It's, it's above criticism or healthy skepticism slash right. like if it's decisions can't withstand the muster of some, some questions of like, why then it, then it does beg the question of no, you like, you know, again, coming back to the idea of patriotism, I'm a patriot, but that doesn't mean my country is going to be able to just say any crazy shit. And I'm be like, mm, and blindly follow. Mm, is that in the best interest of my nation or somebody who's come into power that has their own interest in mind? At the end of the day, everybody has to decide what patriotism means to them. Uh, I think that is one thing we did take away from this is that ultimately you have to decide. But maybe it is, you know, in looking back, history decides who were the patriots and who weren't. And, uh, you know, it's maybe it's not for us to say, but either way, uh, I have enjoyed it. Thank you everyone for being here, Joe. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I do appreciate you bringing this topic to the table. And, uh, so we will leave it there and, you know, everyone feel free, give it a listen, think about your approach to patriotism, drop us a line at spiriteddebates at gmail.com. If you have questions, uh, if you have a topic, if you have a drink, you'd like us to try absolutely reach out to us. Definitely check out our YouTube channel at A Spirited Debate. We'll be posting new content there regularly. Uh, can't wait for the next video. Already working on that one. Some we'll hot, sassy, freshy shit you coming know, to that hey, channel, does, baby. Hey, does Friday nights, is that is that patriotic, what you do on Friday nights? Fuck yeah, it is, okay. bro. Ooh, Come on now. I mean, if um, I ever got to leave, I can keister some shit, okay? Yeah, it's it, like it's a, a red, pole. white, and blue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, all right, gentlemen, so we will leave it there. I do appreciate it, and we will call it a day. As, as always, season two, we're rolling on. We'll see what next week has to bring. With that being said, please join us week in and week out. Obviously, you can catch our episodes anywhere where you get your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I don't care. It doesn't matter. As long as you're listening, that's all we care about. And again, feel free to interject. Feel free to be a part of the show. Go to our website at aspirateddebate.com. Check out our email at spirideddebates at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Hit us with a drink. Hit us with a topic. Let us know. We'll reach out to you and see if we can get you on the show. And as always, gentlemen, we close out the show. Salud. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.